We have Pretty Porcelain joining me here on the show here tonight for Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 365, iHeartRadio. Stop playing with me, available on all platforms, 200K views in 10 days. Yes. How's it going? Welcome to the show. Good. It's it's going good so far. Um, nice to, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And shout out to El Nice for connecting us. Yeah, shout out to El Nice, the dopest for sure. Of course. I, I want to get right into this single because it's interesting on the intro when you listen to it that really not a rapper, but I'll give you something to play with. So it, yes. do you not look at yourself as a rapper? Is that like your secondary thing? Because I know you're also into the modeling. How yeah. do you view yourself as an artist wise? I feel as though you kind of just did it because it was something that you just wanted to do just to try. Yes, honestly, that's how I started. So when I had uh, first originally started rapping, I'm like, you know, obviously I'm going to take it serious, but at the same time, I still want to have fun with it. So I was like, you know what, Shateria, like porcelain, don't think too much about it. Like just vibe on the mic, you know, and see how it comes out. So I was like, that's my thing. Like I like to vibe on the mic. I'm not a hardcore, you know what I'm saying, rapper, but I vibe on the mic a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know your two influences are Lil Wayne and Tupac. Why are those two? Why do those two speak to you? I mean, they're two goats, absolutely. But why those two individually? Man, I just love Tupac ever since I was a young kid. Like his music just resonates with me. I like how he's hard, but he also speaks a message. And every song he does, he has a message. And I can really appreciate his craft. I just feel like he has his own style and he will never go out of style. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as Lil Wayne, man, that man is the flow killer. Okay? Yeah, he is. That man know how to spit. I just, I admire him and I love the way that they both flow, but they have their own individuality. Yeah, they do. Lil Wayne, I know he was arguing recently that he's, he was like, how come I can't be listed as the GOAT? He was saying that. <laughs> I know. Like, how how could he not be? Come on now. You got to yeah. give him his flowers. Yeah, no, I could put him. I, I don't have him in my top five, but I totally understand people that do because I'm always the, the 90s guy, Tupac Biggie in my top five. I okay. get it. But you could definitely slide Lil Wayne in there. Just right. everything he's accomplished. Wasn't a big fan of the Carter Five, but... Everything really? else is pretty good. Yeah, wasn't a big fan of it. No. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I, I like two and three. I like the cards. Yeah, two, the, yeah the, the OGs, yeah, for yeah. sure. I like that. I the No that Ceilings mixtapes. We can go back on those. Everything that he's had on Datpiff over the years, of course. Yeah, yeah he's he's got some legendary body of work, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but, but Tupac, how do you feel about the flack that he gets sometimes, a criticism where you hear all these DJs calling out, like Funk Flex has said in the past that Tupac was basically like, he was trash and all this stuff. You hear all these things just surrounding Tupac and people say that he wasn't a top lyricist, so mm. he can't be a top rapper. What do you make of that when people kind of just discredit Tupac? You know, I just feel like I know everything isn't going to be for everybody and everybody isn't going to... Um, appreciate the love that other people give you, you know, or receive. So I feel like with that, it's kind of like to each its own. At the end of the day, you know, he set his own bar, he set his own standard, and he did what he had to do, especially he influenced the rap community a lot. So when it comes to people talking, everybody's going to talk, everybody's going to have something to say. Yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're of that caliber and you're good and people love you, you know, people go, hey. Absolutely. And you faced a lot of haters early on in your career as well, just like every creative in their field. So talk to me a little bit because I read a little bit about your biography, especially dealing with albinism. I think that's how it's correctly. Yes, it's called albinism. Albinism. Okay. Albinism. That's how it's 
and just hearing about you went through a lot of trials and tribulations. So talk to me about some of those trials and tribulations you had to overcome. Yeah, for sure. So honestly, it took me a long time to grow into who I am today. Um, I've been through it a lot since the tender age of like three, four. Um, I had two major incidents that really influenced my shift within my life. Um, the very first one was I was in pre-K um, and I went to a school where it was mostly it was mostly African-American, Hispanics. And, you know, nobody ever saw anybody like me because my parents were my parents are African-American. I'm black. And um, the teachers didn't know anything about albinism. I guess I was their first student with albinism back then. And so, um, you know, they didn't really know how to accommodate me when it came to my vision, because my vision with albinism comes vision issues. Um, and to explain what albinism is, it's just a genetic condition when you're born with little to no pigment in your hair, skin, and eyes. So most people with albinism often have vision problems or issues. Um, but, you know, just like anybody else, you have to overcome them. But back to what I was saying. So um, I was in the pre-K and I was walking inside of the cafeteria and, you know, the kids had never saw anybody like me. It was older kids. So like the school was mixed and we were only going to eat and go out. So I was walking and the older kids started throwing food at me and they was just like calling me names, you know, the, the typical thing, but no teachers were in there to help me. So when I went home and I told my parents about it, they were really upset, um, of course. And, you know, my mom was like, dang, like, you know, what can I do to help her out, you know, go through school? So what happened is that she ended up writing a book about me. Uh, she started writing it. And it's called But Mommy Is Not Fair. It's this, a book series. And so she basically did that so that the teachers can explain to the kids, sit the kids down and read to the kids about differences, about albinism. And you know that even though somebody doesn't look like you, it's okay, you know? And that really helped me a lot, honestly. I'm so appreciative for that and for my mom um, and, my, and my dad. They definitely instilled a lot within me. Um, but the second one that really, really, really changed uh, my dynamic was in middle school. Um, somebody took a picture of me and they posted it um, and it went viral because my hair is this color. It's blonde mm -hmm. and it was curly at the time. I had like a curly. I was cute. I had a little curly hairstyle and everything. <laughs> and she took a picture and she was like Raymond Noodlehead. And by the time it had got posted, everybody was commenting under it. Like it went crazy on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I had went to my mom and my dad, I showed them and everything and they were upset. And, um, you know, I, when we went to the school about it, they said that they couldn't do anything about it because it was posted outside of school. Even though the picture was taken in school, they said that it was posted outside of school so they couldn't do anything about it. So, um, you know, I was like, well, something has to be done. Like, this happens to kids all the time, you know, and I was like, I feel like it's time for me to stand up for myself and take a stance for others with differences. And so with the help of my parents and Senator Dwight Bullard, um, Dr. Dorothy Vendross Mendingal, we were able to get an anti-cyberbullying bill passed in my name. Wow. Um, it's called the Imagine Shateria Elliott Act, and it's Senate Bill 626. And so what it does is if a kid is cyber bullied like me, um, the child 
has to have their actions, you know, reprimanded. The pic- the pictures got to get taken down. Like something has to happen. Um, other than like me, it, it kind of went in vain. So I'm really thankful uh, that I was able to make that change. You know, that's big. That's history right there. And I appreciate you for opening up about that and just letting us know about the history right there. And yeah. how how are you dealing with the effects of that? Because I've never really opened up. Like I've talked about in the past, I've been bullied myself throughout. Okay middle school, high school, I just got to the point where I just didn't care anymore as, right. as I got older. But how do you deal with it today? Because I do believe that in some way I suffer from PTSD to it to this okay. day off of what I went through. Wow. Do you ever suffer from like any remnants of that? Do you feel as though that you're still battling some issues from that? Because to this day, I still I never really this is the first time I'm really opening up about it. And yeah. you know, once I grow my platform even bigger, I do want to go help kids out in the world that are going through bullying issues because i still have nightmares about leading back to middle school high school and i've been going through them recently i've never opened up about this and you know but do you still face some you know things with ptsd as as far as the bullying um i would say i'm thankful that i've got to a point to where it's like i am who i am and i don't care but at the same time, it is, I don't know if I'm, I don't want to say I'm defensive, mm. but like when it comes to certain stuff or like if I step into a room, I know that I automatically draw attention. And so with that, um, it kind of makes me, I don't want to say shy, but I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if y'all are going to, yeah. you know, accept me or receive me of the correct way. So I definitely understand where you're coming from with that for sure. Um, I definitely do. But at the same time, I don't know. I just, I really put it work into myself to where I'm like, you know, you have to be the change that you want to see. And that's why I I work so hard and I, you know, push my platform, no matter how many followers, no matter how many people is watching, like I make sure I do that because people message me all the time and they're like you know I I, I see you uh, you're helping my kids with differences with albinism with Vita Ligo like and that really inspires me you know just even if it touches one person I gotta keep going that's big so you've had like kids reach out to you and asking you for some advice on how they can deal with their situations yes for wow. sure um and parents as well um some parents don't know how to accept their kids like I I, they have told me that it's hard for them to accept their children or you know um being black and or Hispanic because albinism um doesn't just affect African Americans it affects all races and um I've met people Asian Hispanic Indian like it's it's really cool but um you know a lot of parents have a hard time accepting their kids and they're like you know like me seeing you on your platform seeing your parents how they love on you you know it really inspires me to be a better parent and you know I just talk to them and let them know that their kid is going to be okay they're going to be okay you just have to love on them you know yeah, no, absolutely. Have you thought about giving going back to give speeches or something at any of your schools? Um, as far as like my school, I would love to do that. I've spoken to other kids at different schools, um, at elementary schools and middle schools and stuff. I'll go and take the book and we'll discuss about differences. And it definitely helps, honestly, truly, because it's like when I first uh I noticed that when I first go into the room, they're kind of like, uh. 
And then after speaking to me, they're like, you like you know, like you're okay. And so, you know, kids are funny, but for sure, I definitely would love to go back to like my high school or something and just talk to the kids and chop it up. Yeah. Now, where you went, was this a public school? Was this private school? What was this? Yeah, so I went to public schools. Okay. Um, yeah, the whole time I went to public schools. Um, Everglades High School. That's in, like, Miramar. I'm from Miami, Florida. Okay. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm wearing the Miami hat. So, yeah, I did my research <laughs> on it. <laughs> Five, you know. Of course. Yeah, but public school, kids are cruel because it's just – kids are kids at the end of the day so mm-hmm. i guess it really doesn't matter what school you go to because i went to private school and oh okay yeah yeah they came from more richer areas than i did so they judged me on that and just right. the way the way i was raised and how i acted so but and when you look at, at the end of the day all these people that are usually the bullies they flop yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> for sure they are or or you know you look at them and they're where they are and then they look at you and they're like dang look at you you know like that's little old you from back in the day and it's yeah. like hey. exactly a lot of michael b jordan moments with that reporter how about oh that oh my god i saw that yeah. i was like <laughs> but for sure that that really resonated with me because um you know some people that i knew from high school they're like you know i just i love watching you grow and you know you're so different from how you used to be and you know, just like kind of like, like, I guess they doubted you, you know, yeah. in a way, or, or they kind of put you to the side or thought you were going to let your hardships, um, you know, overtake you. And so that's why I make it a point to do my thing. Yeah, that's why the best thing is like when the pe- there's people out there that laugh at you, just know that I'm going to have the last laugh, laugh, keep laughing, right? Because, yeah. you know, you're going to, you're going to go just it, the pie is going to go right in the face for sure at the end of the day yeah it's good that you're able to express that and be open about that i appreciate that but as far as your modeling career goes i want to get into this now from from all the way out of high school and all the trials and tribulations that you passed so how did you start to get into the modeling world and get your experience there because i know about your father and just the king of diamonds of course that's legendary we'll touch base on that but talk to me about the modeling before we get into that okay so um what, what happened with modeling was uh, I never really saw anybody on TV or on the runway or in the commercials like myself. But the one time I saw um, two people, Sean Ross and Deandra Forrest, they're super huge uh, models with albinism. And they're basically the trailblazers for setting, you know, the um, showing people that people with differences can model and, and be good at it. And so I was like, you know what? That's really dope. Like, you can do that. You can do the same thing and you can do it at your own pace, you know, at your own level and show the younger generation because they are older um, and, you know, they have kids and everything. So they're older. But I was like, you can be the change for the younger generation. And so in like 2019, I was like, you know what? You could do this. And um, I have a homegirl and she just took pictures of me and I posted them. And she took more pictures of me and I posted them. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I kind of like this. Like, this is cool. But it it wasn't even on like some, I want to look cute. It was really on some, like, I have something to show. Like, I want to get the message out there. Like, I have albinism. 
but I also want to be a model. I also can do the things that other people are doing and we deserve to be represented because representation matters, you know, like yeah. it, it really matters when you are younger and you don't see anybody like you, it makes you think you can't do certain stuff. So um, I started that in 2019. And then from there, I just grew my platform, like got my own aesthetic, you know, that I wanted to do. Um, and honestly, I do it for fun. Like I just, I do it for fun. I don't stress myself out with it. I'm not like, oh, it gotta be like this, gotta be like that. I just make sure I'm authentically me. And they saw me. And so um, now I'm signed to three agencies. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I have one in Amsterdam, APL Model okay. Management. Overseas, I did see that international. Yeah, yeah, man, and they're super dope. Oh my god, I love them. Um, they got me a job with Maybelline, so I can't wait to see that. Uh, and um, ZBD, they're out of the UK, and and they see me and they help me and they support me. So I really love that. That was really um, a goal of mine. And I'm happy that I was able to accomplish that for sure. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Maybelline. How do you feel about expanding into different products? Is there any other type of lines out there that you have in mind that would look best for you or you would love to represent? Yes. Um, I would love to work with Fenty. Okay. Rihanna. Um, Love Fenty. I like, um, there's this brand called Juvia's Place. I don't know if you've heard of them. I, um, they're black owned, but, um, I've only seen like one model with albinism work with them. So I would love to, you know, like yeah. expand into different brands and like, you can have people that look like me and not have to go and get somebody else and put them a different color, you know, like yeah. they do that a lot too, especially with movies. Like they, they'll get somebody of a different race and, get body pain and do what they got to do. So yeah, for sure. Exactly. It's, it's all about the expansion from there. It, talk to me about your father with King of Diamonds, because do you remember when was the first time you were able to go into King of Diamonds and just the <laughs> memories of him starting that up and the artist relationships that he started to build, get into all that and what you've so, learned from him. Um, for sure. My dad is Terry Elliott senior. That's right. He is the founder of the very first original King of Diamonds. Um, and my dad is awesome. He's a jack of all trades for sure. Um, as far as with growing up with it, um, I just, I would sit in the car, you know, we'll be in the car, we'll pull up. Cause you know, kids couldn't go outside. Yeah, no. Kids couldn't go into the club. So no. when we had to go do work, I was definitely in the car. I wasn't inside. Um, but my, I had a, I have an older brother and he kind of got to experience that more than me. Uh, he would go into the club and hang out with his friends and stuff, but I was more so like, go over there. Like you, you too young for this, but, um, my dad has cultivated a lot of great relationships with a lot of amazing people. And, you know, they love him just like he loves them and just seeing him work so hard and, just not stopping and just every time he has something working I feel like he instilled that within me and my siblings you know to work hard for what you have and everything is not going to come to you easily um, no matter who is giving it to you you know so that that's definitely cool um that was a cool experience honestly when I was growing up in school I never spoke about it. I, I I wasn't the time like, oh my daddy, like my daddy. But everybody will find out. And I'm just like, I'm walking down the hall. 
Oh, your audio is kind of a little bit muffled. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay. I was like, um, growing up, I never brought it up in school, in middle school. And, and I didn't bring it up in middle school or high school. But somewhere, somehow, everybody found out. And I just didn't understand how. It's like they were doing their research. They were looking. They was like, Shateria, oh, your daddy old king of diamonds. Like, <laughs> not the type to talk about um, things or what I have. Uh, I just, I'm very private with certain stuff. And so it was just funny to me how the kids will find out, child. I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 you always got to keep that under wraps. I, I understand that, but there's a time you eventually do have to toot your own horn because no one's going to toot it for you. You do have to cross that bridge eventually. And I've crossed it, I think, now. <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I want to get into what was the like the most difficult hardship that your father faced in, in getting King of Diamonds started and running it because that would apply to you. Was there something that he told you that there's going to be this hardship test that you're going to have to go to in order mm-hmm. to prove your own career in this industry and that you're meant to be here and that you're going to thrive. Yes. Was there ever something he sat down and told you? Um, For sure. He spoke to me about how it started and how um, the person that had the club previously before him, it was like a, it was just like a, a I think it was more of like a country type of club. And he wanted some, he, it wasn't getting enough traction. It wasn't getting the business, you know, that it needed to get. And so my dad had, he had came to my dad with the proposition of, you know, can you take this on? Can you make it something? And just my dad talking to me about the whole journey and, and bringing in the teams and, you know, the people, the, the workers, the relationships that he has built and that they have built together it showed me that he took something that was nothing and made it something and something that it still has a good, you know, a good name to this day. People still talk about it. People still, um, you know, know King of Diamonds. And for him to have been a part of that, for him to have been the founder of that, it just, he just let me know that I can take something that's nothing and make it into something for sure. Um, and I really love that. And I, I admire that about him. And that really showed me that as long as you put in the work, as long as you have the right team behind you, the right people around you, you can accomplish anything. Absolutely. The, the teamwork makes the dream work. When can we yeah. expect the debut from you, Pretty Porcelain at King of Diamonds? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Speaking of your name, Pretty Porcelain, tell me about what made you choose that name. I always like hearing the history behind that. Okay. So my name, my nickname was always Porcelain um, since middle school. That was my thing. Like all my social medias was Porcelain Doll. Um, and I, Porcelain for me is because of my skin tone. Um, obviously, you know, I have albinism, and so I'm like, you know, porcelain skin, and you can, like, like, you look like a doll, and so I'm like, what, what else looks like a doll, porcelain doll, and so even in high school, I was, um, cheering, I had my little banner, it said porcelain doll, I had a little porcelain doll on the banner, like, that was my thing, but with my rap name, I didn't know what I wanted to call myself, even though I had that nickname, I'm like, 
what what could you be? Who's your alter ego? Like other than porcelain doll. And so I was sitting with my boyfriend and I was like, what's what's gonna be my name? Like who is my alter ego? Who can I bring out of myself? And he was like, Well, pretty, you're pretty. And porcelain, that's always been your nickname. Why not pretty porcelain? I was like, that's hot. <laughs> that's a hot name. And so that's how I came up with the name, honestly. There you have it, as far as the history of the name. Super T Records, stop playing with me. So tell me how that connection came about and why this was the the perfect match. So Super T Records is my dad's. Okay. Yeah, that's my dad's um, um, record label. And so who better than my own dad? Yeah, of course. Who better than my own dad to, uh, because he has my best interest. You know, um, he helps me put in the work. He helps me perfect my craft. And he's going to tell me how it is, not just because I'm his daughter. It's, oh, yeah, this sounds good. If it don't sound good, no. Like, and that, that's how I am. I don't like to sugarcoat. If it's if it's not good, uh-uh, that, that wasn't it. So I, I feel like no, it's no better person than my father to take to the top. And now are you looking to get a distribution deal with it? Are you planning just to stay with Super T? Are you looking to just expand what you have with Super T, like a distribution deal? Um, As far as a deal, uh, when it comes to- Partnership? Being, yeah, like I, we would look for a partnership or somebody that, you know, not only just wants me, <laughs> that yeah. wants us <laughs> together. So um, definitely I'm very open-minded to deals and things of that nature, but it has to be the right deal. I'm not just jumping at anything. Um, it's not just about the money for us. It's really about who is going to help and and see my potential. And we can see that you have all the potential in the world right now. Tell me about these upcoming singles, because I know you got want to release some upcoming singles, the EP. I think the people are really in tune now, especially with Stop Playing With Me, yes, doing the numbers it did so. with 200K views in 10 days. <laughs> Um, as far as I feel like I want to release more singles. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if I want to do like just a whole album. I, I really want to work on singles because singles are hot. Like I love a good feel good single. And then eventually I would love to do an EP. Um, so right now I have more songs in the works. I have features with some awesome people. I have Latin side. Um, coming up real soon. Look out for that. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've been able to work with Osmani Garcia. He's That's right. And Jay Shin. And Jay Shin. Yes, Jay Shin. Welcome to the MIA. Shout out to Jay Shin. Um, those are two awesome people, legends. Um, and I'm happy that they like me enough to be on their on their songs for sure. Absolutely. What's next for you from here now? What is next besides this, the singles? Anything else that you want to touch on as far as what you have upcoming? Yes. So I have a show coming up soon in Gainesville. Um, and I'm super excited for that. I had a show in Canada. That was super awesome. The people were really cool. They were dope. It was just really cold. You know, I'm a, I'm a Florida girl, so I'm not a cold girl. Yeah, the oh, cold weather, it gets to you. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't like, like it. Oh, I can't stay here. Yeah, but I dealt with it my whole life, so I understand. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, yeah, I, I'm working on more songs, of course, more shows, and just perfecting my craft. Mm -hmm. 
your I want your reaction to DJ Khaled and Edgerin James' reaction to your oh, song man. "Stop Playing with Me." Oh my God, the, DJ Khaled and Edgerin James are two amazing men, and to have their support on my song and just know. It, it made me know that, okay, I have something, you know, because those aren't just any two ordinary people. Like DJ Khaled is DJ Khaled. That's a legend. That's a man who worked hard for his name and for him to co-sign and let me know, keep going. Like you, you're doing what you got to do. It sounds great, man. That was the best blessing I could have ever had. And, you know, he, he he's awesome. He talks to me. Um, and you know, we spoke and I, I knew him since I was like 15. And so him getting to see me grow up, I know he's like, man, look at her. She got, she got her little thing. Look at you, Terria. And, um, he let me know to keep going that I'm awesome, that I'm amazing. And I'm a beautiful black woman and I can do anything that I put my mind to. You can, it's. It's always the person in the mirror that you're in the fight with. It's all these yeah. other people. They're just the outside noise. It's yeah. just all about if you believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself and you know your worth, that's yeah. all you need. Because everyone else. All the time. For yeah, sure. They, they don't matter. With, when you get that drop in the in the background, another one, what's going to be the vibe that we get when you're working <gasps> with Khaled? <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, man. That's just gonna make me want to keep going. Another one, and another one, and another one. And I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna be stagnant. I'm not gonna get big-headed. I'm gonna keep working, you know, and and do what I gotta do. And I love to work with people who love to work with me. You know it, and, and you're gonna achieve everything. Pretty porcelain. Is there anything else you want to let the audience know? Your fans know that we didn't talk about tonight. Make sure that you guys go follow That's me. Right. At Pretty Porcelain 305. Make sure you run up, stop playing with me on all streaming platforms. Go ahead and watch the video because it's super dope, produced by Malcolm Jones. Shout out to my team, Lip, Yellow Boy Zay, my father, Terry Elliott, my mother, Sharia Elliott, my team. I love you guys. And most importantly, thank you, Mad Max. Of course. For having me. I appreciate me. it. I had a dope time. I love your energy. It was just super cool. I feel like I was talking to somebody I knew forever. So thank you for having me. Thank you for accepting me and allowing me to be on your platform for sure. No, it was my pleasure. And thank you for opening up about your story, just everything that you've gone through, everything that you're achieving, especially going out there and, and taking those risks and yeah. building up your career and, and making it in the industry. And it's it's a great thing to see for sure. And shout out to Al Nice for connecting us again. Al yeah. Nice for introducing us thank you for setting this up thank you for believing in me oh nice thank you for pushing me thank you for pushing my record we love you you're the best yes he is definitely one of the best in the industry for sure pretty porcelain thank you again for coming on the show whenever you're ready to drop the ep whenever you have any more material to promote you're always welcome back on for thank you a, you know, on the show for an interview for sure thank you so much i appreciate that of course take care enjoy the rest of your night and, and do, i'm a knicks fan but go miami not tomorrow go miami. Night, miami heat 305 all day yeah except not for tomorrow night though my knicks play you guys tomorrow besides all right. go miami <laughs> uh all right pretty porcelain take care and stay safe all right you too yeah. bye, bye.